when somebody gives you a compliment, go one step further and say, thank you. It's true. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, <laughs> I could yes. never. She's like, but do, but do anyway. So for a while after that, I was like, thank you. It's true. And it was hard because I would tell people like, say it. And I'd say, say it. Mm-hmm. And then people would go, okay, thank you. It's true. And then when people would go, well, you say it now. I'd be like, oh, no, <laughs> nope. And they'd be like, no, you have to say it because you made us all say it. So mm-hmm. now I just go, thank you. It's true. <laughs> and it's so awkward. And Ralph's like, say it right. Say it like you believe it. Thanks. It's true. <laughs> I am the multidimensional mommy, Dane Real. Dane is short for Danelia, which is my name, my first name. Um, Arechiga, which is my father's name. And my community recognized me as somebody who just can't commit to like a title, you know? Like I have yet to find a word to encapsulate the many scopes of things that I do. But more than anything, I'm just a human who likes to connect intimately with people. Everything that I do is it's um, encapsulated by that. So the last 10 years, I've worked as a birth worker. I'm also a mom of a now 11-year-old child. I am a teacher. I'm an educator. I teach childbirth education. Um, I also train other birth workers, other doulas about placenta encapsulation. It's a traditional Chinese medicine practice for like preserving the placenta after birth for postpartum recovery. More recently, I'm doing more workshops and like education around sexual wellness, specifically using like Mesoamerican healing practices and holistic options. Traditionally, because I know I reached out to you about doing the vaginal steaming. And for me, it was like health reasons, like this concern that this fibroid is in there. And I just wanted to, to be proactive while I'm waiting to see a doctor about it traditionally or typically what type of people want those and what is the goal usually there's so many like it's a it's a wide spectrum of reasons that people reach out for sexual wellness healing even just like talking like having like a counseling session with people that's Mm -hmm. something I do too specifically with the steams People will do those if they like have a history of UTIs, of yeast infections. The way that I was trained doing it is through using it for uh, postpartum recovery. Any trauma to the area, whether it's like the perineum, which is like the space between the anus and the the vaginal opening, Mm -hmm. the vagina itself, the labia, if there's any like sutures or anything like that. The plant medicine, the warmth, the heat, the moisture, it's like a a gentle way to clean it even, you know, it's just, you're not putting anything inside of yourself, Yeah, but you're just letting the steam kind of like penetrate the tissues and and it helps it heal. It actually heals much faster than if we put like cold compresses on vaginal wounds after birth. Wow. I get the sense that the vagina wants to remain a warm place. Yeah, absolutely. It's in the South. (laughs) So seems to me Southern regions are usually the warmest. Yes. At least that's what I've heard. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I was, and I don't want to use the word stalking, but definitely (laughs) following everything that you were doing probably like two years ago. I deleted social media for a while, but before that I was on there, I followed a lot of what you did. I wouldn't read everything that you would put out, but anything that I did read was excellent. Like you are an excellent writer. I was so inspired by the fact that it seemed like you were in charge of your own life, like that what you do, like you're your own boss. And I loved that. And I think that you were the first woman that I ever saw posting like stuff about pregnancy, about birth, about breastfeeding. I really enjoyed all of your content. Not being a mother myself, not being someone who really ever wants to give birth. But if I did, I remember thinking I would reach out to Danelia and I would want her to be 
like a birth worker. I love what you're doing. And I, I was really excited to find you again when I got Instagram because I thought, oh my God, she's still doing it. She's still at it. And it's even more sophisticated than it was before, obviously, because mm-hmm. you've been at it for longer. I thought, oh, this is a perfect time to reach out because I really want to do one of those vaginal seamings and to give everybody some idea of what that was like. You gave me, or you texted me the night before or two nights before to say that you wanted me to p- compile things that reminded me of my youth. You gave me this project and then I remember feeling like, oh man, there's going to be some focus on me tomorrow. I am not comfortable being vulnerable even though I am, you know, like I'm the queen of vulnerability, but like when it comes down to things that could trigger some like tears in me, then I get a little nervous. Like, am am I okay? Am I safe to be that vulnerable? And then you got here and I felt immediately like, yes, I'm totally okay to be vulnerable. And you set everything up and you set up the altar and you gave me space to speak and be myself. We came in after you created this altar And it was amazing. Like I I had this opportunity to express myself and kind of talk about the things that I had brought out. I felt uncomfortable, but at the same time safe. Mm -hmm. We did the altar. I fought back tears. I refused to let myself like go all the way. When I went in there, I remember... I remember you were playing music. And I told you... I've told you today about my sensitivity to sound. So now you can put the two puzzle pieces together but I asked you to turn the music off and I felt safe enough to ask you and I also felt safe enough to ask for space to be by myself and then I had this really awesome experience in there not initially but more like sitting in there and realizing what I was so uncomfortable with and then we sat and chatted about it and I just felt more than anything, like just seen and understood. The healing part of the vaginal steaming is probably knowing that you're in a space where you can take care of yourself and it's okay because we seldom take time to take care of ourselves. At least, at least I don't always stop and take care of myself, you know, like truly stop yeah, and just take care of myself for a, for a second. And I, I really appreciate that you came out and that you created a space to do that and then that you're continuing to create that kind of space for other people. I mean, that's how we create community. It's weird. I always like felt like you were somebody in my childhood that I wanted to stay in contact with because I just remember you being like super fucking cool and like sweet and funny. And you know how like how girls are sometimes in high school? It's like, you meet your friend's friend and you like feel threatened or like, oh, she's like, but like, I never felt that from you. Like she was your like childhood best friend. Mm -hmm. I knew you guys were super tight. We went through a phase where we were super tight, Mm -hmm. but like we all hung out and we were just all cool, you know? Yeah. 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 And I love that about you. Like, thank you. It was always good times. And then when you reached back out, I was so like happy to just be and I think that's really what where I'm at now in my work I'm learning that like I don't have to just subscribe to one thing you know and so I've been doing the birth work and with the pandemic and everything that's going on it's really given me an opportunity to explore other things Mm -hmm. that I'm passionate about and it's really that it's like creating safe spaces for people to be themselves for people to be with their true emotions with their true desires even Mm -hmm. you know earlier Mm -hmm. we we were talking about how like sometimes we don't even know what we want or what we need. The option to trust your intuition. I was I felt something deeply inside, but I was I was like silenced. You know, I was told yeah. no, no, it's your imagination. No, you're just worried. You're just this. You're just that. And it's like mm-hmm. it really fucked with my ability to trust my own decision making. Yes, yes. You know, because I because then I was told like my intuition's wrong. Right. So, or maybe it wasn't my intuition. Sometimes it was my imagination. You know, sometimes I was using my imagination. Some storytelling. Yeah, you Mm -hmm. know, and um, now I'm just, I'm exploring all of that, you know. I'm I'm so glad you are because it's, it's so rare to find somebody who really, truly gives the sense and the vibe that they're not judging you or anything that you do. I, I have a good handful of people like that in my life. I do wish I had like a full community of people that I could just be myself 
around constantly, every second of every day. Why did you choose sexual wellness? So as I'm like going through this self-exploration myself, kind of peeling away the layers of stories I've been telling myself that are not really my voice. They're like other people's opinions and voices and ideas of um, what I should be doing, you know, or shouldn't be doing. One of the things that falls under that category for me is like sex, you know, like Mm -hmm. sex is something that I was always curious about as a child. And I knew there was something powerful about it. I was always fed, you know, the idea that it was wrong, that it's not, it's not for pleasure. Pleasure. It's a sin. Yeah. Just all the things were fed, especially growing up Catholic. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. And also I think the concept of like modesty even yeah. is, is a big um, thing for a lot of people. So including myself conflicted again with what my intuition said mm-hmm. versus what I was being told or taught or groomed in some cases to believe, you know? Yes, 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 Now yes. that I'm older, I would like to think wiser. You are wiser you know? for sure. <laughs> um, and also raising a little girl. Yeah. You know, I see how harmful that can be. And especially having gone through my own share of like really fucked up like sexual experiences mm-hmm. with men. Mm-hmm. I see like why there's so much healing necessary for us as women, as femmes, as people who have vaginas, mm-hmm. uteruses. And birth work really led me in that direction. You know, it's like, how do you, how do you get to the baby like you have to have sex Mm -hmm. and what if that sex is not fulfilling what if it's not enjoyable what if it's riddled with shame there's trauma there we haven't processed and our partners don't know and then we're exchanging this like this energy with people that you know it's like it's very intimate it's very um personal i feel like i knew that i also knew that it was powerful yeah that and i'm not just talking when i'm when i talk about sex or sexuality or sex like um sexual wellness even i'm not just talking about like penis in vagina sex right i'm talking about like our emotions our bodies our relationship with our bodies all the things that we have to tap into to feel comfortable to enjoy ourselves sexually whether mm-hmm. it's with a partner or not it all comes back to emotions yeah. and, and embodiment and, yes. and the need to feel in your body when you're experiencing pleasure mm-hmm because a lot of us, due to shame, we go out of our bodies, we dissociate, yeah. or we just disconnect, and we, we're not really able to feel pleasure. So anyway, in my in my own personal story, I see like my experiences as a sexual being, as somebody who has experienced teaching, and and also have I've been working more with plant medicine, so just like experiencing the power of nature mm-hmm. and the way that. It's also related to sexuality. We are connected to nature in that way. Like we, I don't know, like it's really, it's really changed my mindset um, around sex and sexuality and it's made it more natural to me than ever. And then now that I've like uncovered that, I'm like, oh, this is like a thing for me. Like it's, I enjoy talking about it. I enjoy teaching about it. I enjoy researching. I enjoy reading. I enjoy writing mm-hmm. about it and experiencing it myself, you yeah, know, like embodying, wonderful. embodying that part of myself that mm-hmm. has been like hidden, hidden away, but not really. No, but I know what you mean. I really don't know where the shift happened for me. I still have shame about my body. I was really lucky actually to have an uncle through marriage who talked about his mom and like his mom was like she was a voluptuous woman you know she had curves she had cellulite she had extra skin she had it all she'd had children she had multiple children her body had gone through all of that and she loved to swim she loved to go swimming and in my family like you don't show your body off if it looks like that And so I grew up thinking like, okay, like if my body gets somewhere out of place or my body doesn't look like, you know, that tiny woman over there, then I'm not, we're not allowed to wear the same thing. And so this woman would come and she would get in the pool and she was in her bathing suit. And I was like, ah, like she's enjoying her life. She's having this wonderful moment, not restricting herself. And it's a hot day and she gets to go in the pool because who cares? Mm -hmm. And if somebody makes a judgment call about that, I always say that says more about them than it does about her. 
she's out there being confident and wonderful and accepting her body in the shape that it's in. And, and that made me feel more comfortable. Like, you know what? If it's hot in the summer and I, wa- I see a bikini that I like, I'm going to wear it. And I'm going to I'm going to embrace my body in it because I should. I should. And if somebody thinks that that's gross or inappropriate, like, I don't know, I think that's work they need to do on themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've been doing a lot of the same, like, just acknowledging, like, I like I need to like what I see in the mirror. Mm -hmm. You know, that's important for me to like like what I see and that includes what I put on my body mm-hmm. you know but at the same time comfort is like my number one priority all yeah, the time yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. now for sure whereas before I would you know stuff myself in a clothes that didn't fit yes. or like Same. you know just always trying to do something to like to like what I saw in the mirror mm-hmm. but a lot of that was based on what other people told me they liked to see you know, whether it was society mm-hmm. or exes or whatever. Yes. And so now I'm like, no, fuck that. Like, yeah. I'm going to do what the fuck I want and I'm going to wear what I feel comfortable in. I want to be comfortable doing whatever it is I'm going to be doing today. Yes. I like, I want to be warm. I want to be like comfortable to like sit with my legs open if I want to, because mm-hmm. that's what fucking feels good for me sometimes, yes. you know? Yes, yes, yes. But like, again, growing up in Catholicism around what modesty looks like and how women should act and behave and and sit and what you should wear it it's like a constant practice of like reminding myself like i am i am in charge of my own life like i get to create my own reality how does one practice sexual wellness i think we first have to understand like our sexual past i think like for me it's It was about like understanding that it was okay for me to explore sexually because I was always curious about sex, you know, to me, to me now that just teaches me that like, it's something that interests me. It's something I enjoy. It's something that I, it brings me pleasure to like, to acknowledge that we are sexual beings. Yes. Because to me, like living in the world where we pretend we're not, and it's like hush, hush behind the door, secret, like, mm-hmm. you know, you hear whispers of things here and there about things, but nobody really talks about sex. It's like, why? Yeah. Like, it's the most natural thing in the world. I don't even want to say everybody does it because not everybody does it. For whatever reason, there's many reasons that people don't have sex. I'm interested in helping us all just normalize it a little bit more because I think once we get there, then we can see the need to not only just normalize it, mm-hmm. talk about it, work with people to make it something enjoyable and pleasurable and also feels good emotionally and internally. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of shame. I would like feel bad if I ever engaged in sexual activities, mm-hmm. whether it was with a partner or even just by myself. I've discovered this recently through research and through people sharing stories with me that not everybody masturbates. And this baffles me because how can you know what you're into if you don't know what you're into? You can have fun during sex by kind of just asking for what it is that you want. And that's something Alex talked about on his podcast too, is that this idea that we could actually get what we want by just asking for it, learning what we want by doing it ourselves. I think it's a damn shame that we're not all constantly masturbating. <laughs> you know, I, I like yeah. to relieve tension, to just Absolutely. Well, it's learn like, your body, whatever. Yeah. It's like we were talking about with the crying, like it's a release. It's mm-hmm. a release of um, tension, energy, what have you. But it's also like powerful for our our self-esteem, our confidence, our energy, like it's like a reset that our body gets, you Mm -hmm. know? I don't know. I just, I just want, like, I want us all to like experience that a little more often. I think we all be a little bit happier if if we took better care of ourselves in that way. Weed and masturbation is what the planet needs. (laughs) Yes. And then when it comes to like for women and femmes specifically, like helping people make the connection between how in tune with nature we are the way that we menstruate and the, the way that we're locked in with the moon cycles. And, you know, it's like we're kind of built to work in nature and 
take that as a sign that like we we are like divine beings you know like for sure and many of us don't actually feel that way many of us don't actually believe that because of the way the world has treated us or the way that you know our families have treated us or what have you so it's for me it's all about empowerment it's all about like embodying Mm -hmm. what we all know to be true yes but the world has not allowed us to express express it and and i won't i'm not here to say like women are better than men or or even i don't even really want to pay much attention to the gender binary in general because it's less about that and more just about like we're all tied into nature and to a greater purpose you know yeah no matter what gender we are if we all really believed that Mm -hmm. we would take better care of each other you know we take better care of ourselves and we could live a more peaceful life that's really what i would love to see in the world there's lots of fights to be fought right now so for sure i'm just taking it one day at a time one day at a time that's all you can do (laughs) i want us all to see like we all have power in this department there's a reason that sex is so like attractive you know that everybody's so like tight like magnetized to it and it's because it's it invokes power in people Mm -hmm. i have chosen more recently to explore that myself in my own life and i'm realizing like oh this is a power of mine yeah like sexuality the way i i show up in the world as someone who is like okay with being a sexual person now Mm -hmm. it is powerful it is power how is it (laughs) you know how is it different from before i've always been a person with a larger body larger feet taller in height just bigger features you know that's just how my body is and I would try to like live in this world where I could try to blend in with other people so I wouldn't stand out so much being a little more hunched over when I sit to me now that's more just like a a core like weakness (laughs) you know like I have the same weakness (laughs) but I'm I'm still working on that I'm still working on like being okay with taking up space I need space. I need to to feel comfortable in what I'm wearing. I need to feel comfortable comfortable where I am. I need to feel comfortable with people looking at me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. not a small person. So yeah. when I walk in somewhere, yeah. people sometimes will stare at me, you know, whether it's because of what I'm wearing or mm-hmm. so, what, I mean, what I mean by that is like, I like to dress comfortably. So mm-hmm. like if I'm hot and I want to wear short shorts, like I'm going to wear my short shorts, you yeah. know? And, yes. Yes. And if... If I'm coming to your house, I'm going to wear my yoga pants and I want to feel comfortable, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't have a small booty, you know, so I got so used to like trying to hide my my body's features. And now I'm, I'm learning to like accentuate those, those parts of me, they matter to me. I sometimes I'll, I'll take note of like the way that I walk depending on where I am, if I feel comfortable, like my hips want to sway, you know, like my booty wants to jiggle, you know, like (laughs) I I don't want to take small steps, you know, I want to fucking come like crashing in that bitch, you know, like I don't give a fuck and it might make noise, you know, my, my step might make noise, but I don't, again, like that's part of me just like learning to not give a fuck because that's really who I am. I love that so much. I love that. I really do. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. I think it's typical. I think it's typical of just certain people. So I guess that's not typical at all. What I'm saying (laughs) is that we have a tendency as humans to dim our light based on the environment that we grew up in or whatever. Like if we were told we had to, then we probably do for a little bit until we realize like, no, don't tell me. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that you're so free. I think it, it's a practice, you know, it's not, it's not every day, but yeah, no, I get it. Sometimes I'll have conversations with myself as I'm getting ready ever since I think I was a teenager, um, where somebody, and I won't name names cause I feel like I chop away at my family sometimes. I'm not going <laughs> to chop away, but I will say a person in my, in my life as a child said to me, like pointed out, like I was sitting down and I was sitting in this way where like my gut was just like, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it was out. I wasn't aware of it yet. And so I would just sit there and then somebody corrected me and said, Erika, sit right. Like your gut is showing. I immediately felt like, oh, I need to, I guess I need to be Mm self-conscious. Like I need to hide this. Then I just felt like, oh no, like there's this part of my body that's undesirable and, and I felt embarrassed Mm -hmm. and it changed the way that I 
dressed and it changed the way that I presented myself because then I felt like I got to hide. I've since gotten better at it, but I have a hard time when I'm getting ready to do something. Like I get in my head, I go through several different outfits. Sometimes I break down and cry. Sometimes I just like, I, I'll tell Ralph like I'm having a clothing crisis and then he'll say like, it's fine. You look good in everything that you just put on. I, it, but it makes no difference, you know, like I, and then I finally just recently started sitting down with myself and going, who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. You go in there and you put on the thing that you liked the most and you just own it. Because you're not selling that anymore. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm here to be. Like, I'm not here to be someone that you're, that's pretty to look at. I'm here to be me. Mm-hmm. And I am, I'm kind and I'm generous and I'm non-judgmental. And those are the things I want to work on. And as long as I bring that with me wherever I go, that's what people see. It's not this dress. It's not these pants. They're not even going to remember that I wore this. They're, they're going to remember the interaction that they had with me. Mm-hmm. So... It's really difficult, and I still have days where I'm like, no, I need to look hot, too. <laughs> but but to who? Mm-hmm. Uh, usually me. Yeah. Usually me, because I have to like mm-hmm. who it is in the mirror before I go out. So I guess at the end of the day, no matter what we're trying to conform to, if we looked in the mirror before we left and thought, God damn, mm-hmm. that's nice, then that's still a win. Yeah. That's still a win. But if you're leaving and you're like, I'm uncomfortable and I can't move mm-hmm. and I can't rub my eyes tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, Dude, that's me <laughs> all the time. Like, no, oh, I fuck, know. I forgot I have makeup on. I know. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I know. I know. Me too. Sometimes I wear waterproof mascara and I go in to wipe my eyes and I almost rip them all out. And I'm like, ow. <laughs> oh, that's right. Sorry. I, yeah. I mean, it's a battle. It's a constant battle to be true to yourself, say no to that voice that's in there going, you shouldn't wear that, you shouldn't look like that. Mm -hmm. And I have to battle that voice constantly, but I also feel like it's a win for my ancestors too. Every time that my grandma, who I feel is very present in my life still, even though she's transitioned, I feel like every time she sees me make that decision, she realizes the error of her way. If she's alongside me, she's had to watch me wear outfits that she would have strongly discouraged and seen me still own the night, still get along with people. Yeah. And she's probably impressed by that. Like, oh shit, you can actually go out in that and still love yourself. Yeah. Power. Power, baby. Yeah. That's been the journey. As I've explored it more, I'm like, oh, there's like so much more here, you know? There's so Mm. much more here. I started dancing more. I started like moving my sacral area more. Mm-hmm. And the more that I did that, the more all these old, this old shit came up, you know, all this old like shame. And like, it's just like, to me, it's just like messaging yeah. that we're like programmed with. Yeah. That like we blindly believe because it's just fed to us so often that like when I'm, as I'm doing this like healing work with my body and like being intentional about moving it more often, like you mm-hmm. mentioned running, like I love that you love to run. I, I like to lift weights, you know, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy going to the gym and lifting weights and challenging myself yes. and upping my weight and like mm-hmm. pushing my body. And, but you know, growing up, I was never encouraged to do things like that. To, no. It was too masculine. You know, yeah. it was, I've, I've been shamed a lot in my life by men for being too masculine. I've been exploring that side of myself too in this like sexual exploration around like, mm. what does that even mean? Like, yeah. you know, it means that your energy threatens them. Oh, absolutely. But, um, I think the reason it's threatening is because I, I feel like in some ways I can be more masculine than, than some men, mm-hmm. but I'm also in touch with my femininity too. Mm-hmm. And so it's like confusing for them. I was like accused of being a lesbian a lot as a, as a young person in high school, especially, which was funny to me. I'd be like, wait, am I a lesbian? Mm. I don't think so. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I like girls. Like I thought women were pretty, but I never like explored that. And then mm-hmm. in my, into my thirties, I started to realize like, oh, I am attracted to women. I would consider myself like bisexual or just like open-minded queer even, I realized that we all embody 
masculine and feminine qualities. Sure. And I have big dig energy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I didn't always know that's what it was. You know, I didn't I wouldn't have known to call it that. But yeah, yeah. that's essentially what it is, is like that's just so funny. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Big dick energy at this table right now. And you said something important, though. You said, let's say you pick out your outfit and you're like, this is what is true for me, right? This is like what feels good to me. But you have to own it. Yeah. That's oh, the part. That's oh, that's hard. Tr- the hard part is getting to the part where I own it. Am I going to own this outfit? <laughs> Am I going to? I hope so. Yeah. For, for me, it's still a practice of owning it because... I may think like, okay, I'm going to look sick in this. Like I'm going to feel myself in this or Mm -hmm. like I'm going to be able to be myself in this because I know that I look good, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's like when other people like stare or like it's Mm -hmm. it's almost like people aren't used to seeing like someone with my body type Mm -hmm. like adorning myself the way that I do, you know? And but then I have to remember, like, that's not a me problem, no. you know? It's a them problem. Maybe they're not used to seeing someone who looks like me enjoy my, my life, mm-hmm. you know? There's got to be some resentment there as well. Yeah. And I feel that way, too, sometimes. Like, I met this girl named... And I met her at a time in my life where I was probably the most insecure I've ever been. Living at home still in an environment that was, like, still propagating that self-hate. Mm. I remember her like giving me relationship advice and she was like you know what you should do like you should just and she was like a bigger girl like tall and like huge boobs and just like like a big woman mm-hmm. and she was like you need to when you when your man gets home like you need to meet him at the door ass naked and i was like oh, i could never do that and she's like oh i do that and i was like you do and she's like oh fuck yeah like when my man gets home i'm there and i'm naked and like what's going down what are we doing and i was like what she's like yeah like she said to me yeah i'm fat but i'm still fucking hot and i'm still like cool and i'm still me and i still have a bunch of talents and i was like whoa <laughs> how empowering like you're right you are like all those things and i find her like the more she talked about it the more i was like i find you sexy like that's so sexy yeah just owning who you are Mm -hmm. and honestly that might um turn a lot of people off but it'll turn the right people on totally totally it's it's for me it's kind of a gauge to see like where people are in their own healing you Mm -hmm. know because really it's not it's not about like fat or skinny or anything it's like we're there's a spectrum of types of bodies and it's really just about like being okay with where we are mm-hmm. in these spectrums you know it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's not even a measurement it's just it's all beautiful mm-hmm. and that's for me once i started to like re- realize that like how wrong i was in the way that i thought about myself mm-hmm. um and also in the way that like a lot of my relationships went down Mm-hmm. it made me realize like oh it's because i have like a like a dominance here and that's okay you know like the right person will be able to work with me or be in relationship with me in a way that allows me to assert my dominance in certain ways but also mm-hmm. i have i need like freedom and space to do what i do mm-hmm. you know for me that looks like autonomy like complete autonomy yeah it's just interesting to me how it's changed so much because before I was just very concerned about how I would be perceived by others. Now I mm-hmm. see, I see the way others see me and I'm like, that's okay. Like it doesn't yeah. matter if it's a good or a negative like mm-hmm. reaction. For me, it's about creating safety in myself. It's about creating safety to like explore and be creative and try things. And, you know, maybe even like, gain some attention like i don't think there's anything wrong with that no whereas we a lot of us were taught and for protective reasons yes to like protect you know cover our bodies sometimes i don't want attention but sometimes i do yeah and that's okay exactly it's okay to want some attention and to get like a booty slap every once in a while and be like yep thank you but that's another thing yeah absolutely everything with consent (laughs) i for me when i expose my body like it's for a reason I'm, I have a very specific intention or a very specific audience or a very specific purpose that I'm getting at. It's a form of art for me in a lot of times. 
I'm trying to exercise that power I'm telling you about. It makes me feel really good to be well received by my community who's like, fuck yeah, good for you. Or like watching you do that makes me feel like, oh damn, like it's okay for me to like want to wear lingerie sometimes and feel Mm -hmm. sexy as fuck, you know, Mm -hmm. put on dark lipstick and like dance around to Lady Gaga or something like, you know, like, you know, (laughs) I was encouraged to dance as soon as I could stand. There was just a lot of music in my house. So there's a video of me as an infant just standing against this couch. And then they put on the lambada Mm. and everyone's clapping and everyone's clapping. (laughs) And I go into the middle and I do this right here, (laughs) right here. This is what I do. That's me. I've never been ashamed to dance in public. Even if there's no music on, like if you could just be free enough to move, I think that's freedom. Dude, that's yes, true freedom. Absolutely. It's true freedom when you can say, I'm going to fucking dance right here in the middle of the grocery store aisle and I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I would say the same about singing, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, that one I'm a little more shy about. Yeah. Although I did do it a little minute ago when you were listening. Yeah. And you're a great singer. Stop. You're a great singer. Stop. But, but it's like. Like, okay, what's the difference between, like, then when you were a little baby and they're saying, bye then, mommy, bye then, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, they're just here, they're fucking egging you on. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't they do that now when I'm out there shaking my ass, you know, and I'm feeling the music? That's the thing. What The way that I dance, I want to move my sacral. I yes. want to move my hips. Like I said, when I walk, my hips be swinging, you know what I mean? Like, I'm bouncing, I'm going. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, like, that's my true form, so... Mm-hmm. So it's the fear of like, oh my God, these people are going to think I want to like, I want to entice them or I want to like attract but them. But you can't help that you just bring I can't, the sexy. No, but that's the thing is like, in it's in less of how I'm perceived and it's more of how I feel, like what I, what I experience when I'm in that moment. Mm-hmm. If I hear, like you said, a song at the grocery store, mm-hmm. like I feel like I just, my body Stop will naturally. Stop playing those bangers, Trader Joe's. My, <laughs> my body will just do it on its own if I'm not thinking about it. Yeah. And that's just my nature. So Mm -hmm. why have I been hiding that for so long? It's because my natural nature is to be sexual. Yeah. My body responds to music sexually. (laughs) I'm sexually attracted to music, I would even say. Well, as I'm talking about it, I get My body gets excited. My breath changes. I like anything you love. It does something to your your biology in a really good way. It gives you those good feelings. I feel like I need to to sit with music a little more and try and feel some of that because you're like the second person to bring this up recently (laughs) have i not been paying attention well i know you mentioned you you value silence Mm -hmm. i absolutely do too but when you do listen to music if you listen to music where is it where where are you how does it happen okay thank you for asking this question i i go into my office and i play my music and i'm just like uh Uh. (laughs) yes it's the same but it doesn't it is it is but it doesn't for me it doesn't feel sexual it Mm. feels more like my true meditation when ralph is not home i use the entire house as my dance floor and i just like run around from like room to room in just like 80s fashion where i'm like wearing (laughs) socks and like I'm like jumping in the air, (laughs) like everything. I'm just, ah, it's a show. And I have so much fun. Oh my God. It's like the most fun. One day I was cleaning the house and I'm just like fucking dancing. I'm hitting all the moves. I'm just fucking, mm, mm. And then I don't even notice that Ralph has come in the door. (laughs) And I'm over here and I'm about to like do one of my like run moves and like jump. I'm running through the kitchen and I get like right here in this spot and I see him and I was like, oh, hey, what's up? What's going on? And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, cleaning. I was cleaning. You were playing. Yeah. You were playing. And that's that's also honestly so much of so much of what I'm doing right now with like music and and um dancing you know Mm -hmm. it's play like Mm -hmm. i literally so i go to this weekly dance class with some of my girlfriends on thursday Mm -hmm. and it's just like playtime for us like yes we have freedom we have space Mm -hmm. to just move our bodies like however we want to you know and i want to go to that oh you have to come it's so much fun i want to go to that so bad 
And the best part for me, and this comes back to what you and I have been talking about, about like body image and like, I'm a very visual person. Like I need to see myself to see my own growth. If everything I'm experiencing is behind my eyeballs, Mm -hmm. I live in my own world in here, you know, like I need to see what other people see. People say beautiful things about me, like what you said in the beginning of this podcast. And it affirms to me what I hear in here isn't always the truth. There's people who see me in a way that I often wish I could see myself. Mm -hmm. But the more that I peel away these layers of shame, the more that I'm like, oh, I do see that person. I Mm -hmm. I do. I am a badass. Like I am. I am like the friend. I'm super cool. The comadre that people, you know, see. Yeah. Um, I just forget it sometimes. And so being able to share that and then, like I said, like get positive feedback, you know, it's not Mm -hmm. always positive. I think some people have like negative things to say. They always will. But it's less about that. And it's more about what it feels like for me to play, move without worrying about how I look and unpacking that fear of coming off too sexual because I'm like, it's just part of my it's part of my being it's part of my essence yeah and it's not on purpose and it's not for anybody else's pleasure really but for my own totally so uh, dance more everyone i had this one friend of my mom's tell me like you don't need to dance like that like you know you don't need to do so much she definitely made me feel it and i was like jeez because i used to have this like extra jump that i would do when i was doing the uh the electric slide uh-huh. And she turns around and she's like, don't do that. And I was what? like, why? And she's like, it doesn't need to be so big. Okay. Sorry. So I made it smaller. Oh, no. I made it smaller. I made my dance move smaller, even though I was I really excited about how I, I was like, you know what I'm going to do this time? Throw a little jump at the end. <laughs> I want to see this move. <laughs> I do? need to see this. Do you have any videos of it? No, but I'll do it for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Please do. Um, hey, sp- like little accents like that, things that like, <laughs> you know, embellish these like typical dances mm-hmm. and make it your own. Yes. Like that is what yes. I live for, dude. I lived in Georgia for like, I don't know. A while. I was working there for a bit. And then my friend Melanie invited me to this dance class. One of the most intimidating experiences of my life. Because I walk in and this dude's on stage and he's like hitting moves, dude. He's like, what? What? (laughs) And it's so much that I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to follow this. There's no way. And so she's like, no, come on. Like, it's so much fun. And I get in there and these ladies, like, they're maybe hitting like a fraction of his move, but Uh they're just like moving in the same direction. And before you know it, that's all it is, is like, we're all moving in the same direction Mm -hmm. and doing this like really fun thing. That's where I felt like you have to throw your own flavor into Mm -hmm. your dance moves. Mm -hmm. They, that's what they taught me. Like, we're not going to look like that guy, but we can look like us and like, we can make the move ours. So then I come back, I go to this Christmas party, I'm hitting the electric slide with my extra move, and she told me no. <laughs> yeah. No. Mm-hmm. No, I need to see this move, and we need to make it a thing. The next time she sees it and somebody else is doing it like me, that's wrong. Yeah. That's the wrong, and everyone's like, no, yours is wrong. So anyway. <laughs> so your name is multidimensional mommy because you're multidimensional. Like what are the other dimensions that make up you? Just taking a deeper look at like who my ancestors are. The more research I do, the more I see that like the, the women in my, my family were like medicine women, like wise women, like psychic women in some cases, you know, and the more that I um, explore all of those things, the more that I see my own gifts mm-hmm. and how they kind of surpass just this this physical realm you know when you and I get together and we have these like really deep conversations we're not always just here anymore we're yeah. ascending into higher consciousness. H- higher consciousness but like a higher um, awareness mm-hmm. too of that consciousness I'm not just here I feel very present in in my experiences on a deeper level than just the physical. It's that, and then it's also the fact that I dabble in a lot of different creative expressions. I want to hear about your creative stuff. We talked a little at the beginning about your writing and how well you did. I was in awe of your writing, honestly. 
Okay. I, I, I love your writing. I want to know more about your experience reading my writing because you're a writer yourself. And, and like, I could really use the feedback, mm. but, but also I want to know more about your experience as a writer too. I, for a lot of years, refused to call myself a writer. And I still have trouble with it. I still have trouble. Like right now, you called me a writer and I was like, I'm not a writer. I read a lot as a kid, a lot. And so I had a lot to compare my own writing to. And because I did, I had like this major imposter syndrome about it. I thought, my writing sucks compared to this person and this person and this person. And then I would write still like... I kept a journal. I would write just for myself. And then I would find that at the end of every year, like halfway through the year, I'd go back to my journals and I would read them. And I was like, man, I love this stuff. I love it. Yeah. I love my writing uh, for me. Yeah. But it's, I still don't feel comfortable sharing it. That's me then. Mm -hmm. And then quit my job to pursue writing, thinking like, I'm going to become a writer. I'm going to become a screenwriter. I had some connections who were like, we'll get you into that. And I was like, Wait, pump the brakes. Like, I don't know if I like this. I started writing. I started writing a blog. I started writing regularly. I wasn't good at it. Like, I could not get myself to like write the way that you were writing. You were writing like every day. Every day you were writing, you were writing. I'd run out of things to say very quickly. I didn't know what, what else to say. I was like, what am I going to write that people care about? Because the only time I write on my terms is when I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> Or when I'm really happy. Mm -hmm. Like those are the times. So it's hard for me to like force the writing. I also learned that the more I exercised my writing muscle, that the more it would just like flow and flow and flow. The reason I admired your writing is because it was great and it was consistent. You were just there delivering like this really captivating picture of what you do. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. It's so like all encapsulating like your vocabulary captures what you do perfectly and it it and the way that you're warm in person is the way that you're warm in your writing that's what I like about your writing I don't have any notes other than my boss the other day she was like showing me some excel spreadsheet and she had done all this stuff to it and she's amazing like she makes excel spreadsheets do like things I couldn't even imagine. Mm -hmm. And I complimented her and she was like, well, it's just, I have my 10,000 hours. Like it takes 10,000 hours to become a pro at anything. Mm. And so if you keep exercising your writing muscle every single day, mm. you're going to get your 10,000 and then you'll be a pro. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I need to hear that sometimes because... Um, we all do. Yeah. <laughs> we all do. We all desperately need to yeah. hear sometimes like, no, dude, you're killing the game, yeah. bro. Well, it's like you said, it's hard It's hard to like, like claim that identity, you know, because everybody's idea of what a writer is is different. Mm -hmm. But the more that I, I embody it, I'm like, no, I like to write. I'm good at it. I like to tell stories. I, I like you have had a diary since I was a child, like... It's just always been part of what the way I express myself, mm -hmm. you know, and it wasn't until college that one of my professors, she gave me really good feedback about my papers, you know, and really took it to heart and started to pursue like to getting a, an, an English degree. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Oh, you did? Well, I, I did a lot of, I made a lot of changes, so I didn't stick, I didn't stay there long. Okay. But that also ties into like the multidimensional thing is like, I... Even in college, I couldn't figure out what the fuck I wanted to study. I nobody was... can, dude, because nobody knows what the fuck they want when they're 20. They just don't. Totally. Don't, when you're 18, 19, and 20, you're just like, I just want to have a good time. I just want to <laughs> suck some dick. You don't care. You don't care about, at least I didn't. I wasn't like, I went to college. Mm -hmm. I did what I was supposed to do, but I also half-assed. I half-assed until I took a writing class at PCC. And so for the whole class, we had to keep a journal. And then we turned that in at the end of the semester for a grade. And I turned it in and, oh, man, this guy told me so many nice things. He was mm. like, it's so warm. It's so beautiful. Like, he complimented the shit out of my writing. Mm. And I was like, oh, I really like being complimented on it. Um, but I also was too scared to share it. That's kind of where I'm at. But, like, the way that social media has changed, it's all, like, 
really focused on like reels and stuff like that. And it's not really, it doesn't really work well for like long captions, like long form captions and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I've been feeling the need to move to other platforms where I can, where I can write more, where I can share. Because for me, like writing doesn't look like, it doesn't always look like going into my laptop and like typing on a Google doc or, or Microsoft word file or something. It's like, sometimes it's just like, my notes pad, my notepad or like my journal even all right by hand. But mm-hmm. the way that I write is always changing through some form of like release on page mm-hmm. or on a form format that people can read mm-hmm. has been extremely empowering and extremely like transformative in my, ex- my self-expression and my need to keep coming back to that, you know, because, mm-hmm. and that's where the multidimensional mommy comes from. It's like, there's so many ways for us to express ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. why do we try so hard to pick one way mm-hmm. or have this one way of being, this one job, this one title, this one thing? It's not. We're all so multidimensional. We all are. We're complex. We're absolutely complex. It's beautiful to like be able to connect with people who are the same way, you know, mm-hmm. or who who maybe are open to discovering that the, the way they might be. It takes time to learn that we need to like nurture ourselves. That sometimes involves like just talking to yourself. And I think that's what writing becomes sometimes. It's like, how do I feel about this? The reason my writing is so good to me when I read back an experience that I had, I realize like, man, like these are just my feelings. These are my raw, raw, raw emotions. And this is how I felt. And how cool that it's now over there. We have to express ourselves some kind of way to release all of that. The podcast, extremely healing for me. Yeah, I also started a podcast um, during the pandemic. My first episode was with my mom. What? Yeah, you have to listen to that one. That's so cool. It was. It was very ballsy, I think, to like do it for my first episode with someone, but... I almost like wanted her approval that like this was something I was going to be investing time in and I was going to be sharing and like I wanted her to see firsthand like the level of which I was going to be going with people and she was like an open book. In some cases I had to like edit her a little bit because she was very honest and very open about her opinions on things. Oh my god yes. Um, Just in an effort to like protect people's I guess privacy and you know mm-hmm. dignity. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta love the generation that had no filter. It it became really fun and really like enjoyable for me to do, but I got really burnt out fast because I yeah. I went full throttle, yeah. all in, and then I was like, "Holy fuck, that's a lot of work!" <laughs> like, dude, you know? please tell the people because right? I that. That's why I took a break. For me, it was important for me to go through the process so that I could learn what I liked and what I didn't like. Mm -hmm. Like I listened to enough podcasts myself that I was like, oh, I want to try something like this or I was inspired by this or I'm just starting to get back into producing episodes again. So I'm I'm excited. I feel like we're in a similar place where we're like, you know, going back after taking some time off. Yes. I'm so excited to be back, though. This season is going to be the shit. Yeah. I am interviewing someone who ran for Congress. She's a Latina. She's she's amazing. What's her name? I, I'm not going to say yet. Okay. On the off chance that she decides not to do it. <laughs> okay. Um, I was introduced to her by a friend, and we had a phone conversation that felt like we were old friends. She wants to talk about reparenting yourself. Mm. Being the eldest of in an immigrant family, man, she's just an incredible. She's incredible. And then I have a an ex neighbor who was a composer, and she wrote a book. And she is coming to talk about how she doesn't want to have kids, and she wants to talk about like what it's like for women who don't want to have kids and like living out in the world and. Getting the pressure of everyone being like, when are you going to have a baby? When are you guys going to have a baby? Like, it's really annoying, especially when you're like, I'm, we're not going to have a baby. Stop asking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So oh she's going to come and talk about that. Man, I'm so revved up for this, though. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. And I've said this before. I'll say it again. I will do this forever, even if I'm the only one listening, because <laughs> I have so much fun. 
I get to sit here and talk with people. This is yeah. so much fun. Yeah. Well, I have to say, as a listener on the other end, I really enjoy listening to you talk to people. Thank you. And I love the insightful questions you ask and the way that you you get vulnerable and you share so candidly like what comes to your heart. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you share a lot about your experience and it's really valuable. Thank so you. I'm glad you're sharing in this format. Thank well. you. I'm um, I'm happy. To, I'm so happy to do it. Yeah, I need to have you on mine as well. Oh, hey, I'm there. Yeah, it's I'm called, there. It's called the Embodiment Project. Nice. So it's, oh, that's so good. And it's it's literally called that because it was my project for how to embody my voice, how to embody my what I call my higher self. Um, another form of expression for me has been through music getting comfortable identifying myself as a musician too you know it's all just like about words it's like yes. it's just about the words it's just about it is you know it is. it's so silly when you think about it similar to writing I have a bunch of songs that I've written over the years that's that so I just cool. never shared you know I've that's the one thing I've never written is any music yeah it's really it's like deeply personal I think for some people like myself when I do write as you noticed like I write from my heart I write from a place of authenticity and sometimes when I bear my heart out like that, like the fear of it being perceived in a different way than what it's intended for or maybe being misunderstood. A lot of times in my life, I've always felt like I'm speaking a different language because people just don't understand. Mm-hmm. But it's that part of me now that realizes like, oh, it's because my consciousness is evolved, you yes. know, and yes, and I'm and so and that's okay like I feel like as we grow and we get older and we have life experience and we for me it's been a lot of like tapping into like ancestral medicine ancestral history like just really understanding where I come from then I see like oh this is why because I'm able to see that far back the spirit that my ancestors brought to my lineage especially the women in my family like we're we're a matriarch in my family so there's never really been men. Men have come and gone, but mm-hmm. no one's ever really stuck around. And it's because we're matriarchal, we, we're in control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are getting shit done. Mm-hmm. You know, we help each other out. We, we find a way. Now that I see that, I'm like, okay, well, what else can we do? <laughs> you know, like, where else can we go? Yeah. And, and that's really what my focus is right now in all of my art forms. So part of that is sharing my music. Through sharing music, I've actually been sharing more about intergenerational healing and my relationship with my mom and my relationship with my daughter and how I often find myself in between generations of harm that have been caused by mothers, mothers, and mothers. So, something I'm working on more recently is I am getting ready to release music of my own. Um, Sweet. Yeah. I, I've recorded some music with my band, but we're not really playing together much anymore. So I've kind of been like working on my own stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm just like getting ready to record and put it out. It's exciting. And it's like, it's like burying my soul in so many ways. Mm-hmm. I feel like I really need to do that to move on to new things. Yeah. Because I've just been holding on to like all these feelings in all these different art forms. Mm-hmm. And they're just, they're heavy to me now. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. these, to me, they're like little babies that like I need to birth into the world, yeah. you know, because I'm not having <laughs> yeah. any more babies. Mm-hmm. Like I get the, the conversation about like, when are you going to have babies? Like, when are you going to get married? When are you going to, there's all these like, milestones people expect us to want and need and and have and it's like what if i want to do my own thing yeah you know? i'm on my own path thanks yeah. yeah yeah i want to focus on my art as well i think it's really important my writing it's it comes and goes like i'm willing to put out like one thing a week for the public but my writing is it feels mostly like most of my writing is for me i feel the same way in a lot of ways yeah. yeah. And that's not that I don't want to share it with the world. It's more like I don't know that the world would want to read some of this stuff. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just my own personal struggle. Maybe people love that, but for me it's like this it's me allowing myself to break it down for myself. Can I offer you something though that I've considered? Yeah. A voice of doubt. It shows up in for me in that way of like no one's gonna want to read this like this is just important to you this is like your shit you know yeah 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 it's like the the feedback I get the most about my writing is that it's relatable whether people whether the same thing happened to them like what whether, whether what I'm writing about is like relatable in the sense that someone has been in my situation that I'm writing about 
or that I'm able to articulate an emotion in a way that maybe they haven't been able to mm. put words to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, yes. It's relatable in that way where it's like, oh, you said a word for a thing that I've been feeling, but I couldn't quite express to people mm-hmm. around me. I agree. I felt that way about your writing too. To me, that is valuable. That is worth reading. Yes. You know, whether we feel like our stories aren't exciting enough or funny enough or whatever, you know, I yeah. I have to like keep notes in my phone like, Remember when this funny ass thing happened because this shit is comedic, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you can't make mm-hmm. this shit up. Yeah. But then it comes and goes and then I forget about it and I'm like, oh, I wanted to write about that, you know. You know what I want to do this year? What? Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I want to do a five minute stand up set. Dude, I, I live I live for this idea. <laughs> like I already saw this coming. Okay. A mile I, away. I have, I think I officially have like a, a five minute bit. You have like enough content. For I think I have bit. enough content for a five minute bit. I've been practicing my bits while I'm in the shower and I kind of laugh. So <laughs> maybe other people will too. Yes. <laughs> so okay. I want to do it. My friend, Brian, my friend, Brian Rhodes, who will hopefully be on the podcast this season. He's been, he's been like, Hey, I'm doing an open mic night. Like, are you coming? And, and he's been pushing me and like, dude, it gives me butterflies. Erica. I know. I know. I know. I want to. No, this is happening. This is, (laughs) I hereby declare this a manifestation for 2023. Your (laughs) ass is going to get your five minute bit together. I'm going to get my album out my little ep okay we're gonna get this shit done this year okay and mark it off the checklist it's time it is time i've been saying this for years dude i've been saying this for years and you know you don't know how many times someone has gone hey you know what you should do some stand-up and i'm like no i'm not gonna do that because that's weird and i'm not gonna be good at that and i think enough people have said it that i'm like you know what even if i bomb it's still just an opportunity to, like, you know, try it out. Dude, I guarantee Taste you will it. not bomb, and I will be there laughing my ass off in person, <laughs> front row. Stop. Like, you'll have a hype woman, at least for sure, in me, which you know I'm what? sure you'll have a ton that that's, show up. <laughs> that's what my friend Brian was like. Just invite everyone you know, mm-hmm. and then everyone will laugh just to be really supportive, and then it'll just keep you going. <laughs> it's going to be great. I was like, is that cheating? Is it cheating that I'm inviting <laughs> no. all of my friends? No. So here's another exciting thing I wanted to share with you. Please. I just recently um, started co-hosting a community radio show in Boyle Heights. It's called uh, Community Live. One, It's on 101.5 FM. Yeah. In the LA area. I don't know if you get it in Montebello, but I would be I interested will find it. to know. They have an app and they have an online um, streaming site as well. And uh, every other Monday night. At 9 p.m. Dude, it's super cool. And we have guests from the community that come on every other week. So I would love to interview you and have you on and maybe have you test out some material. Oh, my god! Or, you know, just like take up the space and just fucking be you and let yourself shine. Oh, my God. That's what I want to see, Erica. That's what I want to see. (laughs) I want to see more of you because the way you show up in the world truly, like, impacts people. Thank I'm you. serious. Nice. Do you see how hard it is for me to get a compliment? Do you see how my whole body's just like me? <laughs> yeah, but but thank you. I it, do appreciate it. It's practice. So something that one of my coaches taught me is like when someone compliments you, try practicing saying I receive that. I receive that. Mm-hmm. I I met this woman mm-hmm. a year ago. Her name is Katie Max. And she is this woman who uh, she promotes pleasure and audacious leadership. Mm. I met her at a wedding last year. She was electric. Just being around her, I was like, what is this woman? Mm -hmm. I love this. Mm -hmm. And she was exactly who I thought she was. And she said, when somebody gives you a compliment, go one step further and say, thank you. It's true. (laughs) And I was like, whoa. I could never. She's like, but do, but do anyway. So for a while after that, I was like, thank you. It's true. And it was hard because I would tell people like, say it. And I'd say, say it. Mm -hmm. And then people would go, okay, thank you. It's true. And then when people would go, well, you say it now. I'd be like, oh, no, (laughs) nope. And they'd be like, no, you have to say it because you made us all say it. So Mm -hmm. now I just go, thank you. It's true. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's so awkward. And Ralph's like, say it right. Say it like you believe it. Thanks. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I need to definitely implement that into my practice. It makes people uncomfortable because they're like, what do you like? People don't want you to celebrate yourself no, too much. What the fuck is that about? It's a really thin line. You can be you can be confident, but you can't be conceited. Right. You can't be too confident. <laughs> yeah. God forbid. Yeah. You trigger someone. And I get it. I get that. <laughs> I get that confidence while putting others down is annoying. Yeah. Like if I were to say like, oh, I'm better than you. Yeah. But if it's not. No. Like but that, if I'm just saying like, I'm so cool. Right, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. yeah, you just can't go. I'm fucking cooler than you, loser. You suck. Yeah, <laughs> you're the worst, and I'm the best. Yeah, so I would love to have you on there. I would be honored. I don't know what yeah. I would talk about, but we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. It's more it's more like this. It's more like sharing your story, like sharing what's important to you. If there's like one specific thing you want to share, but I would suggest because you're wanting to do the the comedy like stand-up maybe just put practice for any more than anything it's like practicing putting yourself out there in a new way that it might feel uncomfortable but being in a safe space to do that because it's definitely good times oh at, the, at the studio yeah. okay i'm down yeah so i'm down we'll i can't together. believe i said that i'm down but i'm down you heard it here first mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that I really want to do it. And my friend Brian was like, dude, once you do it once, like it's, it's a done deal. You'll do it again. You'll see that it's not as hard as you think. And, and you know what? When I do it by myself, I'm like, no, dude, I'm kind of fucking nailing this straight yeah. now. But then I'm like, no, 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 no one's going to find it funny. Yeah. And then, and then I hide for another week before I have another bit. And then I'm like, God, it's hilarious. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, there's just so some you stuff. you are writing. I am writing. Yeah, I'm writing, but I'm just writing for me. Totally. But I am yeah. writing, yes. Yeah. So yeah. you're in practice. I'm in practice, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. You so inspire me. You inspire me. You inspire me. To be in practice with all the creative things. And what an inspiring episode. Thank you so much. It's all over the map. It's multidimensional. It is multidimensional. <laughs> And you know what? I, that's what I was going for. And it yeah. sounds genuine. It sounds like a conversation because it was. Yeah. We did a beautiful job here today. I agree. I'm proud of us celebrating us. Yes. Ooh. All right. Let's finish snap, that joint. Snap, snap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Podcast out.